Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Monday morning, 65 degrees on September 19, 2022. It is 6.08 and another week. Ahead of us, we're ready to go through it with you here on LNK Today with Jack and Friends on this Monday. Start another week of Fantasy Huskers, bi-week edition. This is uh, always kind of a fun one because since there's no Husker game, we are uh, asking you to uh, pick a team to ride with from the rest of the college football world. And we are, uh, we're going to give you the opportunity to pick the top 25 team this week that you think is going to score the most points so yes you get a you get to adopt a new team this week <laughs> during the bye week what i am calling the most needed bye week for fans for coaches for players in university of nebraska program history yeah i wouldn't argue that and yes we've never looked at the schedule <laughs> and been so excited to see a bye week so we will uh we'll do that uh, give you the keywords to text in and get your pick at 635 and 810 today. Uh, of course, we'll have plenty on what happened on Saturday. And then again, what happened on Sunday with personnel changes. Defensive coordinator uh, Eric Chenander, if you didn't hear, was released by Mickey Joseph, the University of Nebraska, on Sunday. And so Nebraska will now have Bill Bush leading its defense going forward. So we've got more on that throughout the course of the day today. Uh, Tim Herusel will join us to talk Nebraska news and politics. And we'll also have Dirk Chatlin joining us for, yes, a little a little talk on everything that's going on with Husker football, which is always a lot lately. So that's what we got going on this morning. Hope everybody had a great, safe weekend. Glad to have you back with us. We do have, I believe, two more days today and tomorrow before that weather switch is actually for real flipped this time. You sure? I be- I believe. I- I'm saying I believe. <laughs> I believe uh, we're going to be back in the mid 80s yeah, next week. Saturday is already mid 80s. Wednesday is mid 80s. But we this, could we this, could break records today and tomorrow. This time Tuesday really could be the last day of 90s. I know I said that like a week and a half ago, and then basically every day after that was a 90. <laughs> but yeah, could hit triple and, digits tomorrow. Yeah, we would. What, do we know what the record for Tuesday is? Um, uh, off the top of your head, it's fine if you don't. I'll look it up. I but. believe it is 94. Okay, so we might absolutely slay the record <laughs> if the... Uh, we are now actually in the week where I believe this is the autumnal equinox. Thursday. 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 Yep. So we actually will be in fall but yeah you're going to get that you're going to get that fall feeling at least for a period of uh, a few days starting on Wednesday uh Wednesday Thursday Friday before it warms up again but it looks like yes we are going to get into a point where it starts feeling like we expect it to feel this time of year after you get through the next two days so a couple more days of those really warm temperatures which yesterday this whole weekend was Kind of back to that. Uh, it was since you had cloud cover on Saturday, that kind of kept it okay. But then yesterday it was humid. Uh, be muggy again, today and tomorrow, and so muggy that- today and tomorrow. Good times. 
Uh, all right, uh, Mark. Let's get into uh, let's uh, Caleb and I'll delve into the Chander and the Husker football stuff in a little bit. But let's get the weekend's headlines first. What do we uh, What do quiet, we have today? Quiet weekend, mostly okay. football news. All right, mostly. Uh, although the uh, volleyball uh, went to Kentucky and swept them. Oof, yeah, they uh, they came out strong after that loss to Stanford. That was yeah, good some to might see. say they fried them. They fried them. Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Kentucky Fried Volleyball. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, that's, that's good to hear. Um, by the way, and, and just a heads up, I know this is... By the way, do you know why the chicken crossed the road? No. To prove to the deer, possum, skunk, that it can be done. The deer, possum, skunk. Can you explain that to me? Okay. We don't get that one, uh, Mark. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? To prove to the deer the skunk and the possum, that it can be done. Deer, skunk, and possum usually don't make oh, it across the road. Okay. No. Okay. okay. All right, that one needed a little explanation, but that's fine. <laughs> well, we'll get there. It's early on a Monday. Yeah, that might have been my fault. <laughs> Go ahead. That's just, not- just, just call me Eric and fire me. <laughs> that, oh, oh, wow. Jeez. Jeez. Uh-oh. Uh, no, we're good with you, Mark. We, we like you being here, yes. despite the, of the occasional dad joke that we actually need explained. And again, bad, that could, that could very joke. well be on us. Bad. That one could be on us. Um, yeah, we, we, one thing I did want to mention, I know this happened at the end of last week, and so people may already be aware, but there's a road closer, closure, and I, I admit this is in a part of town that I'm driving a lot, and yeah, so this one's going to be. It may, nasty. it may be, there may be other significant ones that I haven't quite given this attention, but they're closing down 70th Street at at A Street, um, and from and south to A, I from believe. from it's I, I be, no, it's from A going north of there, so it's A to. Um, I'm not sure where it ends exactly. I'll uh, look it up. But here. you can. You, no, I. I mean, I know because I was just. I. I turned left today this morning, so I know that's where it starts. All the, and and maybe they're pushing it back further, but that Wait, is. So it a, goes past Seacrest. Yeah, yeah. It, no, this is on 70th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sort of past Seacrest. Okay, here it is. Yes, 70th northbound lanes of South 70th from South. To A streets will close for private utility work. Okay. Oh, okay. To replace a fire sprinkler line for the clock tower shopping center. Okay, well that's a new that that's beyond what had already been happening because you already had it passed eight from A Street to the north that closed at the end of last week. Right. And that might be something different. So okay, well then that's even more. It's it's worse. It's, yeah. It that's even even worse. And that is going to be a significant issue that's when it comes to regular traffic. Oh my goodness. From south to A, northbound seventieth is going to be closed As I, today. I've got a student over there at Lincoln East and they've been sending us lots of emails reminding us that this is happening and and being aware of it, but that could could make for some interesting tra- traffic situations uh, the next few days. So I might wanted to mention that off. The there's top. another one up north too. What's that? Southbound Tuesland from Havelock to Fremont going to be closed beginning today for a couple of weeks. Okay, all right. So yes, we are still in road construction season. Get it in here before things get particularly cold outside, and they are doing just that here in the final the final weeks of the summer as we switch over to fall this year uh well nebraska football gave us some hope for five minutes i mean not only hope for five minutes of a football game but 
it went as well as anything's gone this entire year for five minutes of the first quarter. Yeah, up until that 61-yard draw play for Dylan Gabriel, which, boy, can he scoot. He can, but it also helps when you got people blocking in the back the whole way down the field. Not that that's why they lost, but they were blocking in the back. It was pretty egregious. No, not on that play. They weren't. Uh, I will show you the guy that was taken from the 10-yard line to the 5-yard line. It was a 5-yard continual block in the back. I watched it several times. Caleb, don't challenge me. Don't don't one. give a non-running quarterback 80 yards to run. That doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Both can be true. Um, don't go down this road with me. But for about five minutes, that was as well as Nebraska football played in all, every phase of the game. Yes. Like that that that's absolutely true. You you had the uh kickoff touchback, forced uh gave up a, a first down and things looked like, oh no, here comes Oklahoma, but then you got a sack right away and it's like, wait a minute, what's going on with this defense? Feeding off the energy, you get the ball, seventy seven yard drive. Great drive, runs and passes. It was like, okay, everything chunk looks plays chunk plays constantly force in the running a, and passing game. Force them into a third and long, and it's like, okay, things are going well. Long play, touchdown. Now, Nebraska's offense didn't come out great from really then on, but the defense came out and forced a three and out on that next drive, too, for Oklahoma. After the touchdown? Yeah. When it was 7-7? So it was like, okay, this doesn't look wow awful. But I forgot that already. So, yeah, there, there was a three and out. The, the Blackshirts forced in the first half. Mm. But 49 unanswered points. That is the uh, most since Iowa in 2017. And had uh, had Oklahoma scored one more touchdown and gotten to 56, that would have surpassed Ohio State's 55 unanswered. And I looked back through all of the seasons, and that would have been a program record. Never in Nebraska football history has 56 unanswered happened. And, you know, you can... You can... But they took their foot off the gas. Yeah, they did. There was a lot of... Respectful no mercy in the second half. I don't know. It's respectful, but there was mercy. <laughs> anyway, we don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. You, I mean, and you, you pick your issue uh, that, that came up during the, the period after five minutes into the game. And, um, boy, the Nebraska quarterbacks, and especially Casey Thompson, before they mercifully gave him some time on oh, the bench geez. in the second half, was, he was getting beat under up. unbelievable duress constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just... It, he barely had a chance, and the the offensive line on pass protection was a was a real issue. Um, just picking up, you know, there was one play where Trey Palmer they ran a little end around to Trey Palmer on a running play, and I mean there was a dude absolutely untouched who was uh-huh. there to to greet him, and there was play after play like that, and then you know the defense uh, even after a little bit of success early. Same thing, you know, tackling issues, um, you had coverage issues, you didn't get you didn't get pressure on the quarterback mm-hmm. like you had been getting a little bit at the beginning, and so plenty of blame to go around. But, but boy, it's hard to it's hard to look at the, the team right now, and especially the deficiencies that you've got on the offensive line, and the deficiencies that you've got really throughout the defense, mm-hmm. and figure out how to start how this this new you know the Mickey Joseph regime goes through and tries and tries and makes something out of this season. Now Oklahoma may end up being a legit, completely bona fide top five team. Yeah, um, and so I guess there is that. Uh, but 
you, the close losses streak ended. <laughs> no more one possession losses. Right. But yeah, it's like, but this is why I said it is the most welcomed bye week in Nebraska football history for the the team, obviously, to mm-hmm. start taking a real hard look at what's going on and trying to make some adjustments, some improvements, uh, some personnel changes, maybe. I don't know if that's what needs to happen or not. I just don't know if you've got people at you already have the best chance at, at doing well playing at this point. And then I just think an exhausted fan base that that gets gut punch after gut punch after gut punch after gut punch after gut punch, a lace with drama all the way around. And I think we're all more than fine for having a Saturday <laughs> without that and then getting back together a week from Saturday for that Indiana game, a night game back in Memorial Stadium, mm-hmm. a Big Ten game. Uh, you know, you can't, obviously, you can't look at any team Nebraska plays the rest of the way and say, oh, Nebraska should win that game because it, they haven't shown that that's what they're going to do. But Indiana, one of the one of the teams that you'd probably most like to see from the Big Ten right now, even though they are unbeaten. Yeah, well, they needed overtime to get um, by the uh, Hilltoppers yeah, this weekend. They, they struggled with Idaho uh, a little bit. And so, again, this is not me saying Indiana, Nebraska's going to crush Indiana or, or Nebraska or even it's a winnable game or anything like that. I'm just saying C- compared, of the Big 10 teams that you could face right now they're in the top couple. Comparatively uh, speaking, your next 4 games are much more winnable than your last 4. Like that yes. that's that's not going out on a limb. At least that at Nebraska all. is at least set up that way. Yeah. Where if they if, if and it's a big if where if they can really write some of the issues going on and again that's a big if then they happen to have matchups where perhaps they could they could make some hay and at, try and find some momentum yeah for this program but on the other hand when you play like you did last week and you play like you did at times at this season especially on the defensive end of of things there's you literally take no game for anything close to granted Anymore the rest no, of the year. No, not at all. Anyone. Indiana, Illinois. I mean, you know, you, you, you lost to Georgia Southern, who I think lost last week. Georgia year. Southern lost this weekend. Northwestern lost to the Salukis of Southern Illinois. Uh, yeah. Um, boy, it feels... And it, it's amazing, too, because all of the, the frustration about last year and everything like that, somehow Nebraska has done something at the beginning of this year where last year actually looks... Like last year wasn't so bad. What would have taken last year? Oh no! Oh, I'm sorry. I would love to say say something positive, but we'll see. You know, change change the leadership, of the head coach, change the defensive coordinator now, and so by week, figure some stuff and out. And two weeks to actually get your systems in. Real quick, I wasn't surprised by what happened on Saturday. No, I know there were some. I mean, look at our predictions during the tailgate show. Yeah, they were not quite as bad as that, but they were all in that that neighborhood and you don't whatever whatever there is to be gained by changing coaches mid-season it's the hardest time to for it to accrue is in the five days after it happens with a top five team coming in yeah so we'll see we'll see all right at 623 we'll take a break it is lnk today with jack and friends on klin sign up for the daily at klin.com to get today's top local and husker news sent straight to your email swimsuit check sunscreen check phone charger check 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first... Your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Big voice guy took away my chance to say but first for an entire for an entire football season. Just for the next couple of months. It is fantasy Huskers time. Uh, before we get to the new week, let's take a look back at the old week. And we asked you how many points Nebraska would give up against Oklahoma. And our winner this week is Scott. Was Scott right on the nose? Or Nailed was it. He... 49. Scott 49. was our, uh, Scott does... our uh, first picker on Thursday. Does not get any extra prizes but for hitting it on the nose, but he does get our congratulations, I guess, if you can feel congratulated about Nebraska <laughs> giving up 49 points. But he uh, gets gift cards from Val- Valentino's and Alumni Hall. So congratulations to Scott. And now we have an entirely new week of Fantasy Huskers. Even on the bye week, yes, we're still going to give away Valentino's and Alumni Hall this week with no Husker game. And it's kind of fun what we do on bye weeks. We've done this for a few years. We let you adopt a team, okay? We let you adopt a different team just for the week to to pull for. And so here's how we're doing it. We are going to take the world of the AP Top 25, the current AP Top 25. I can run it down really, really fast. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Oklahoma, Southern Cal, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, NC State, Utah, Penn State, Oregon, Mississippi State, Baylor, Washington, BYU, Texas, Pittsburgh, Miami. Okay? Those are your top 25 in the AP. You get to pick one of those teams. We're going to say this week, we want you to pick the one that scores the most points All in right. their game. And I'm looking at the matchups, and you might be like, "Oh, Jack, there's only two teams this could be." I would argue, <laughs> I would argue there might be ten teams in play. Ten, ten which that's good because there's ten pick. There might be at least ten teams in play when you look up the matchups mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. like no doubt. So you might be like, "Oh, it's obviously Alabama." But, I mean, maybe they play Vanderbilt, but on the other hand, like I like Georgia here. NC State plays UConn. UConn's historically been one of the yeah. worst teams in, in FBS. Uh, but there's other, like Pittsburgh plays Rhode Island. <laughs> Miami plays Middle Tennessee. Penn State plays Central Michigan. I mean, Penn State put up in the 40s against Auburn, didn't they? Well, here's the other thing. Texas plays Texas Tech. It's not about winning by the most. It's not even no, about winning. No, it's just about the offense this, this week, at least. Yeah, can you get in a shootout? Kentucky plays Northern Illinois. That could be one. They're all over the place. I mean, shoot, who knows what Oklahoma could do to Kansas State? 
uh, w- with this whole thing. So, yeah, you'll you'll have your choice. I, I mean, I expect Alabama and Georgia to go pretty quick. Georgia has what Kent State. Yeah, that could be yeah. it too. That's probably your that that's p- probably your top pick. I don't know. We'll see. But teams take their foot off the gas too. After a while, anyway, to to pick one of those teams, you've got to be selected among the group of people who want the pick, and that group of people is determined by those who have the keyword. And you're listening right now, so you get the keyword. The keyword is buy, buy, like the byE buy, yes, byE buy, and you can text just that word in byE to the Rickstein Recognition text line at four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. And when you do that, you'll be automatically registered. One of the people who texts that in are, is going to get the first pick. If you don't get it, if you don't get a text back from us telling us you win, keep playing. Got another shot today at eight ten, and then at six thirty five and eight ten throughout the course of the week. And get yourself a new team for one weekend. Here's your chance on fantasy. Huskers, sound off. Let's get going. Kev, I don't know if you heard this, but the queen has died. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we could have used a breaking news sounder. But, yes, the queen has, has passed away. It's actually been, a lot of people don't know this, it's been like a week and a half or so since that has happened. And the pomp and circumstance is... Wrapping up today, I I believe as we speak, yep. uh, with with the funeral procession and the funeral. I actually didn't know if that had already happened. It has not. So they could uh, have. It is happening today. Do you realize they could have really spiced this thing up today? How's that? It's International Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and here lies our former queen. Oh god. Anyway, they're uh, getting going with the uh, with the processional. Here's a little bit more on the ceremonies that are going on today. It will begin with the Queen's coffin being placed onto a gun carriage. It will then be taken from Westminster Hall, where she has been lying in state, to the west door of Westminster Abbey. And that's going to be an extraordinary sight. The gun carriage is going to be pulled using a rope system. It's a 123-year-old gun carriage. It, the ropes will be operated by 90. 98 sailors of the Royal Navy, and that is a tradition, by the way, which dates back to the funeral of Queen Victoria. And then, of course, uh, walking behind will be King Charles uh, and other members of the royal family, including the princes William and Harry. I, I, I understand the significance of, of this event in the UK, okay? It obviously is a major event, especially because it has been so long since they've done it again. And I'm certainly, you know, you, you I think you born when, when any, any, ever anyone who I think most people believe is generally a good person passes away. But that all of that said, Caleb, I'm ready for this, the coverage of this to be over. Yeah, it is. I mean, and, and, and I'm, I understand why they do it and I don't. All, you know their traditions and all of those things it is just so infiltrating american media mm-hmm. over the last several days that i'm like oh man i j- i just am not i'm just not that interested in yeah it. and and he, so here's the thing this hasn't happened in 70 years you yeah. know um so i think there there's so much that plays into this M- mass media was different even 20 years ago right. was different. So you've got all of the different ways that everything is able to be accessed. Nothing against Charles, but like he's already older. Things are going to be different. Even if it's in 
10 years, yeah. you know, things are already going to be different at that time. The, the, the span of time that she was the, the monarch, right. you know, like there is so much, it's, it's so many generations. I mean, uh, basically uh, nobody there, almost nobody who is an adult to see both of these. No. So it's there, there's a lot that just kind of goes into this one. And historically, um, when, when you look at the, the crown and, how often does this even this even happen? I get it, I but but yeah, as it, it's been a little saturated. Yeah. Um. So this was uh, uh, Joe Biden sat down to interview on sixty Minutes and uh, a few different things. But to me, this was the this was the thing that was interesting that came out of it. I like I've I've gone back and forth between originally assuming he'll definitely run in 2024 to nobody wants him to run in 2024 this summer when things were going very bad with gas prices and and the economy and now uh you know whatever you think individually of him th- things are going better uh in terms of public opinion and those those sorts of things for him right now and so I was sort of back to assuming that he would run once again he was asked directly about it last night on 60 minutes and Sounds to me like he doesn't know, for sure. My intention, as I said to begin with, is that I would run again. But it's just an intention. But is it a firm decision that I run again? That remains to be seen. Okay. Why why are we waffling on this? I'm, I was, I thought that was pretty notable that he's still saying, we'll see. And if he's not, like, when does... When does that decision have to come? And when does he have to commit? I mean, he doesn't have to commit, but like practically, when does he have to commit? Well, your presidential campaigns, the they, they start more than a year ahead of the general election, you know? Like they, they pe- people announce that they're running well in advance of even getting to primary season. So you have to have a decision made. Right early 2023 like people have yeah you i have to, think so you have to give your party enough of a head start in planning who's going to be running what any of those polls look like who might be their best candidate before you get to any of the actual primary elections like there's a lot of work that has to go on for everybody else yeah that joe needs to give that head start to yeah yeah i i i would think that it would be sometime in around that time um but yeah we'll see like i'm looking back for like for instance in 2016 because you had an open open seat then and i just pulled up 2016 primaries um like when people were declaring so like you know like hillary declared april 12 2015 Mm -hmm. so that'd be the equivalent of april 2023 yeah bernie uh, went in april 30 2015 um and then on, let's see, I don't think I have any of the Republicans here, uh, but I'll t- I could take a look at that, too. But, yeah, that's, you're talking, Caleb, I think the norm would be sort of first first trimester of 2023. Yeah. Is probably about when that has to happen. By spring of the year before, you, you should, everyone should really know who the candidates are. And um, you and let me look at the when the Repu- like when did Trump do it? I want to say Trump was yeah he was June, he was June of that year. Ted Ted Cruz was the earliest Republican. He was March of of that year. 
Okay, Marco Rubio, April of that year. And then you had like Case, uh, Ben Carson in May of that year, Jeb Bush in June of that year. So that's kind of where we are. Now, in terms of uh, the nomination for like still who that's that's still the other question is if is if Biden doesn't run. Yeah, who, who is it? Who is it? Now, I just this is certainly not a perfect way to to do this, but did you find that site where there's like the betting odds? Yeah, the like pre- I went to the, and- the predict it market, yeah. which is fascinating. It's what people it's what people who are kind of insiders think. Um, and Gavin Newsom is second. Gavin Newsom okay. is is second. So like Biden, is, this is kind of centric to how this site works. But they're like, shit. Biden is trading at thirty five cents. Newsom is at eighteen cents. Kamala Harris is thirteen cents. Buttigieg is at nine cents. And then after you get those three, you get Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, which I I wouldn't be surprised if Bernie ran. I don't think Hillary will. And then J.B. Pritzker. Elizabeth Warren, Ocasio Cortez, that's not happening. Uh Sherrod Brown, Stacey Abrams, Amy Klobuchar. So that looks like okay. That's like so it looks like Newsom Harris Buttigieg. And I would think their best chance of doing successful there is probably Is it Newsom, Newsom or Buttigieg maybe? I don't know. Harris Harris just as VP has just seems like she's gotten a lot of has not had a great ride as VP just in terms of I mean some of the reviews in the public. I guess we we we'd have to know who who explicitly is the would be running for the GOP. Like would it be Trump? Would it be someone else? That's true. That sort of changes the the dynamic because just just on its face, it's hard looking at that list of potential candidates and saying, "Oh, that's a winner." Yeah. Now, maybe, maybe yeah. there's some others that, that feel a lot more strongly about one or some, someone change. within there. It can change. But as of now, September 19th, 2022, I'm not looking at that list and saying, there's your home run. Newsom, Harris, Buttigieg. That's really, I mean, unless like a J.B. Pritzker comes out and is gangbusters on this whole thing. Um, and then speaking of Newsom, so what if, it is, what if it is no Trump and no Biden? Now, I think Trump's running. Um, and, and I frankly think at the end of the, the day, Biden will run, too, mm-hmm. uh, after this is all I over. I think so, too. But if it's not, we are seeing a preview right now between Newsom and Ron DeSantis, which would be the potential matchup with this because they are having a war of words right now. Yeah. After Ron DeSantis took credit for sending migrants to Martha's Vineyard, Gavin Newsom sent a letter to the DOJ asking prosecutors to investigate whether this move was illegal. And Newsom responded to that by tweeting, hey, Governor DeSantis, clearly you're struggling, distracted and busy playing politics with people's lives since you have only one overriding need, attention. Let's take this up and debate. I'll bring my hair gel. You bring your hairspray. Name the time before Election Day. And then he tweets this at CNN. Then there's the bold actions both governors have taken over the past few years that have led to national debate. Newsom has touted that California was the first state to shut down during COVID. All right. All right. By the way, I don't think it's uh, I don't think that's a RICO case, but that's that also doesn't mean I think it was a great idea, but right. I don't think it was a RICO case. Uh, let's see. We, we got time for a few more. Man, I took a long time on those. Let's, uh, oh, um, 
Let's do let's do this one. Completely shift from uh, politics to entertainment. So now these. Uh, so now your standalone streaming sites, your your um, your Amazon and your Disney, really have been the main ones over the last couple of weeks. They are really going headlong as of just the last couple of weeks and the coming weeks into live programming. Right. Typically, Amazon Prime. Typically. Disney Plus, typically Netflix, have been on-demand services, meaning they they upload something, you can watch it whenever you want. But Thursday night, Amazon Prime went with their first NFL football game during the regular mm-hmm. season. And now Disney Plus says, oh, yeah, we're going to get in that game, too. Not with the NFL football, but with America's other favorite sporting yes. events. After airing 30 seasons on ABC, season 31 of Dancing with the Stars will premiere new episodes on Disney Plus, the first debuting at 8 p.m. Eastern. This year's cast includes the show's first TikTok star, Charlie D'Amelio, and her mother, Heidi, American Idol winner, Jordan Sparks, weatherman Sam Champion, actors Daniel Durant, Selma Blair, and Cheryl Ladd, also Wayne Brady and The Bachelorette's Gabby Windy. Fan favorite pro dancers Mark Ballas and Louis Van Amstel also coming back with Tyra Banks returning as host with Alfonso Ribeiro joining her. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. Hey, it's got Wayne Brady. You got Carlton on this. Yeah, I got to be honest. I was expecting. I mean, there wasn't the A list of A list A list years, but I started to think that DTWS uh, or DWTS was really getting down to the true D listers, and they do have a TikTok star. So don't sell them short. That is that's definitely D list. But uh, yeah, um, I knew about this because I had seen as as we pull up Disney Plus because they they still come out like there's still good stuff that we're watching through. Yeah, um, not just. High School Musical, the musical, the series. <laughs> She-Hulk's on there. There's a number of other things they've sure, got. Sure, whatever. Nobody um, cares. Pinocchio uh, was just recently put Great. on there. Awesome stuff. Cool. But I started to see Dancing with the Stars, and I went, what app am I on? <laughs> like, when when you first open something and you're used to knowing what's at the header, what, what all the content looks like, I was like, why the heck is this on here? Yeah. Do you know uh, Sam Champion follows me on Twitter? Yeah? Yeah. All right. So maybe I'll DM some good luck on the first taping of Dancing with the Stars. Should definitely do that. Why he does that? I don't know. I don't know. I think I retweeted him or so, I don't know. There was some weather event and he thought I was going to keep him updated and he never unfollowed Not me. really enjoys your GIF usage. I guess so. He loves it during Husker <laughs> football games, I'm sure. All right, it's 6.55. That's it for your sound off. We will take a break. Uh, we've got a little bit more on the decision yesterday to make a move of the defensive coordinator position, Eric Chenander, out. We'll talk about that and more coming up coming up after the 7 o'clock hour. Right now, 655, 65 degrees on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 65 degrees in the capital city. Another chance at Fantasy Oscars coming up at 810 this morning. Before that, we got your morning drive. We'll count down the five things people are talking about today. Guests today guests today include Tim Hruza and Dirk Chatlin. So we look forward to uh, chatting with them today. I need to, uh, we'll enunciate more on the, the keywords for Fantasy Oscars going forward. Why? Uh, the people person, didn't know buy? Well, someone said I, and then Ty, and then a few minutes later they got around to buy. Do they still have time to send the original one in? Yeah. All right. Yeah, you still got if time. If you didn't, send the, it's B-Y-E, bye. 
Yeah, we're good. Get, get that in. Adopt yourself a team for this weekend. Win yourself some pizza and gear from Valentino's oh, and Alumni Hall. So good. All right. We'll take a break. It is 7 o'clock on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1499.3 KLIM Lincoln. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. 65 degrees in the capital city on your Monday morning, September 19th, 2022. Glad to have you back with us for LNK Today with Jack and Friends. I'm Jack Mitchell along with Caleb Henry in the KLIN Studios. Mark Vale in the KLIN Newsroom and there you heard Chris Lofgren, Time Saver Traffic. Got your morning drive where we count down the five things you're going to be talking about 25 minutes from now, so stay tuned for that. Another Fantasy Huskers keyword. You can adopt another team this week on Fantasy Huskers. That should be fun for you as you watch college football this weekend. You'll have another keyword at 810, a chance to win big for Valentinos and Alumni Hall. A little bit later in the show, we'll talk to both Tim Hrusa and Dirk Chatlin. Well, Another Sunday and another personnel decision within the Nebraska football department. Eric Chenander was let go yesterday. We found out yesterday afternoon after Nebraska's loss to Oklahoma. And, and, and Caleb, this one is, you know, this one's it, it, fascinating. We, you know, we didn't hear a ton about the decision. And, and obviously the defense has not been, um, you know, near where they need to be to be successful this year. Uh, statistically, you look at it, and it's just it's bad across the board mm-hmm. right now. So there's no doubt about that through, uh, what, four games. That's absolutely been the case. I also think you and could— And the last two games, almost 100 points given up, right. like 1,000 yards. I also think you could make the case um, that that Chenander— by and large, through his career, coming even even through last year, coming into this year, has done uh, did a I think a good job with the Nebraska defense. Yeah, for the most part, I think there was kind of an assumption that he would, you know, there was this assumption when Frost brought his whole staff from Central Florida that it was going to be a style that was similar to Central Florida at the time. And you look at that year where Central Florida went unbeaten, and 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 the other years under Frost, they were shootout games all over the place. It was the offense scoring very quickly. The defense, yes, giving up some points, but the but it was that explosive offense and the defense doing enough for the offense to kind of have its way. That's never really what Nebraska became throughout this whole thing. Right. And in fact, you could probably argue when Nebraska was at its best under Frost, you know, when that was happening, 
it was because the defense was was really um was really giving them a chance in mm-hmm. some of these games. Um and I think you could say that last year as well. Um wasn't certainly wasn't perfect. Certainly could have been better. You you know you didn't win games. You gave up some some key touchdowns, some some key scores there down the stretch in games. But nonetheless, I think you'd be, I, I think you'd have to be pretty overly critical to look at his entire career here at Nebraska and say, yeah, this just never worked. Right, uh, exactly. And so with with that in mind, you know it it makes you look at the decision right now. Now. The first four games of this year, that's a different story, I think, than most of the rest of his career. And uh-huh. so is it is it based on that? The other thing to keep in mind is Chenander was one of that group of coaches, and there's a couple left that came here with Frost originally uh-huh. from the Central Florida staff. There's a big deal about the fact that all of that entire coaching staff came with Frost, and they moved in here at Nebraska and just started what they were doing at Central Florida at Nebraska. I, I don't think it's any secret that Chenander and Frost were very close. I think the reality of the rest of this season for really all of the coaches, the assistant coaches right now, is an awkward one mm-hmm. because you're, you've still got a job. You're still coaching. You're still doing some level of recruiting, most likely. But for the vast majority of them, the likelihood that they're back next year is fairly slim. Mm-hmm. You could probably paint. Uh, you could probably paint a picture where it could still happen, depending on the coach. Um, and, and I especially think that might be true of somebody like Mickey Joseph if he isn't the next head coach. Uh, but especially those guys who came over with Frost, I think. Yeah, they're the least likely, and so it's a scenario where you still have a job. You're still under contract you realize that this is more likely than not the end at this point. And then in addition to that, the guy that you came here with and the guy that you, I think in Chenander's case at least, that you are very close with is no longer there. And that combination of things, I think, makes it incredibly hard uh, to, to try and figure out a way to pull this defense out of the doldrums mm-hmm. where they're at right now. I I think there has got to be some real difficulty, and I'm not saying the dude isn't going to do his job or that he's a, but it's just the reality of the situation. Like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that exactly. How you wake up in the morning, go to work, and be like, all right, this is the day we turn this thing around. Um, that's got to be difficult. I can't imagine that the reality of all of that with Chenander specifically didn't factor in here to to the decision and realizing he's just not in a position right now where he is going to be able to given all of those things that I said that he's going to be the best person in particular to make improvements where they where they need to be made just because of the reality of the emotion of the thing thinking about your future and and all of that and I think Mickey Joseph also realizes Hey, look, we've got a, you know, my future, <laughs> the, you know, the 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 sort of tone around the program, all those things depends on this defense getting a whole lot better. And so, if I'm actually going to do that, this is probably a step that I need to take to do that. Is find somebody else who's not quite in that situation, who's in a little bit of a different situation, like Bill Bush is, 
He's in. He's not necessarily tied to Frost. Having come in at UCF, uh-huh. he's still new here. I would imagine he, you know, he may think there's still a future here in some form at Nebraska. I don't know if that'll be the case, but to me, that is more so than than everything else. And looking at the entire sort of resume of Eric Chenander here at Nebraska, I think that plays in a lot to the decision. So you went a lot of places there. <laughs> um, first off on the the four-plus years under Eric Chenander as defensive coordinator, it is what we expected the defense to be. Ben, don't break. Just don't give up a bazillion points and hope that the offense can outscore them. Mm-hmm. That's the defense that we all knew we were getting. That's the defense that we got. We saw its true strength when you had a bunch of upperclassmen, fifth- and sixth-year guys last year. Not just fifth- and sixth-year guys, but they were fifth- and sixth-year guys on a path to play in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. So when you put all of that out there, and that's why when I tweeted out the story that I wrote about it, he was the strength. This was the strength of the team last year. Yeah, yeah. Like, like th- th- this, that side of the ball was the strength of the team. You lose all of those guys. You try to replace them through the transfer portal. Figure out what the scheme, how guys fit. It just didn't work to start this year. So then, when you do lose Frost and Chenander sees the writing on the wall, it's hard to hard to see where he can get motivated for the rest of this year. Other than, well, maybe I can figure something out. They'll play better, and I can have not have to go too far down in level for where I want my next coaching job to be. I mean, that's still hard to do. Um, So as you see Mickey going through and making these changes, it's the same thing he talked about with the players, that there were some guys got some reps on Saturday. Through this bye week, they're going to see if there are some younger guys or guys that weren't starters that can get some reps that might be able to help the team that weren't getting reps before. I don't know how all of that was decided prior to uh, two weeks ago, but we'll see the way that's that's decided going forward over these two weeks, and it's the same thing with the coaching staff. If Mickey sees someone that he says, I think this other person might be hungrier for the rest of this season, yeah, we're going to make that change, and that's just, he's got to go with the guys that are hungry, both players and coaches going yeah. forward. Like, I got to want, and I don't know, I would never put words in Shenander's mouth, but I wonder how much relief he feels right now. To just go, you just got to go sit back right now. It's done. Like it's in the past. It's it's you. You just get a. You just get to not have to get up and go figure out how to make things work. When the guy that you came here with and one of your best friends is no longer there, right? Well, and the other part about this, as as we go through and and with our jobs, where we get to, you build relationships with the people that you're covering, whether they're the athletes or or they're the coaches or they're the administrators. Eric Janander was a wonderful human being. Yeah. Every single time got a chance to talk with him, even the way he came out after his father died in the car crash last year. Agreed. Everything Janander did was top-notch. Yeah. It just did not work out on his side of the ball. The offense didn't hold up its end of the deal a lot of the time, but this year especially, that defense just was an absolute liability. And as Trev said, after the firing of Scott Frost, there's a certain level of accountability that comes with this profession. Right, right. And uh, but like I, I think you said it great there. Yeah, I to the no, I didn't talk to him a lot, but listening to him um, and 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 those things, I think by and large he was a he was a really good person, and um, I think had had some success as a coach that I didn't know that we thought that he would. So it's sad that it kind of came here, but 
I think the situation and the reality of the situation yeah. kind of dictated it, unfortunately. All right, 723. It looks like we need to take a break. We will do just that. 65 degrees in the capital city. We've got sports next. News right after that before your morning drive on Lincoln's News and Talk. 1499.3 KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. All right, we come through the news and events. We narrow it down to five things we think you're going to be talking about today, and we call it the morning drive. Number five. For the second consecutive Sunday, a member of the Nebraska football coaching staff was fired. Interim head coach Mickey Joseph announced the, that defensive coordinator Eric Chenander was relieved of his position. Bill Bush takes over as defensive coordinator. He rejoined the full-time staff this season as special teams coordinator. And Joseph will uh, have his weekly gathering with the media tomorrow. And that's, all that, that's the only time we're going to hear from him. Yeah, um, Caleb, we just talked a lot about this. Well, I spent mostly a lot of time talking about <laughs> this. But... Um, It'll be interesting to see what Bill Bush brings to this defense. You know, he's he's coached LSU, coached safety. I mean, he's doing special teams now, but he's got a wealth of experience coaching defense, coached safeties at LSU, uh, coached at Rutgers. He did uh, defensive backs coach there, quality control at Ohio State, uh, safeties coach at Wisconsin, um, defensive coordinator at Utah State, secondary at Utah, um, defensive backs at New Mexico State. So it's not a new a new area for him. No, and this this is actually a guy that looked like he w- he was on track to to get a coordinator position like this at some point. Um, and now it's here with Nebraska under an interim head coach, but he, he's not someone who's stepping in and saying he's got to do a lot of on the job learning. Yeah. Now he does have to take over a situation and see how can I how can I manage this? How can we make the most of, of what we have here of the players, of the personnel, of the assistant coaches? Can he still help out with special teams, which special teams hasn't exactly been a giant boom, but it also hasn't been a, a place that you looked at and went, wow, everything's going to go wrong. It's just, it's there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we're at with special teams. It exists. It's not going to lose the game, but it's not going to win the game. So him helping out more with on the defensive side of the ball, I wonder what this gonna lo- is going to look like. Hopefully the, the part of just getting more tackling in and getting guys to wrap up, hold guys up. We saw it the first couple of drives on Saturday, and then once the energy went, so did the tackling. 
I'll be most intrigued to see what the scheme is like mm-hmm. going forward. Is it a lot of bend, don't break? Do you play more man defense on, on guys as opposed to just the bubble zone and like keeping everything in front of you? Do they dial up more pressure on quarterbacks? I know it's been hard to get there, but they also haven't exactly dialed it up a lot either. Yeah, I yeah. think there, there's a lot of places to go when someone else is now in charge of that side of the yeah. ball. And and, and and I just wanted to because my you know there might have been said, really the special teams coach is going to to defense now. Well, again, he's got a an ex, and he's got extensive history of being whether it be a defensive backs coach, a safeties coach, or a, like a uh, an assistant defensive coordinator at really solid, successful, a national champion in LSU. Right. Right. Uh, Ohio, 2015 Ohio State team that was was 12-1. and Wisconsin in 2013 and 2014, who was very solid at defense. I mean, even that Utah team that uh, was ended up going to the BCS that year. By the way, guess who the head coach of that team was? Urban Urban Meyer. Meyer. Which, by the way, we haven't even brought that up, but reports yesterday that that, uh, that Urban Meyer not interested in Nebraska job. There's no serious, uh, which is what we heard on the Friday tailgate too. But but I still expected Trev to to have a meeting with Urban in exactly what Trev Albert said he was going to do. He was going to talk with people who understand the landscape of college football about what the job is to just take in information. I honestly think that meeting, which may have ha- now there's some doubt being cast on whether that meeting even happened. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. But that that meeting was like exactly what Trev was, he was actually just he was literally referring to that meeting <laughs> when he talked on Sunday about not to read too much into right. meetings with other coaches. Now here's one more thing about this uh, the firing of Chenander and the elevating of Bush. It does open up a full time assistant position, so that'll be something that we'll be interested in hearing from Coach Joseph tomorrow. How they're filling that role. Well, what are they going to do with it? Because now you don't have a special teams coordinator. Mm-hmm. Is someone being elevated to work with special teams? Are you just adding someone else to help more with the defense and the secondary? I don't yeah, know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what Joseph says because now now you've had to go through. You brought up Mike Cassano for the wide receivers on offense. What are you going to do for this other open position? Number four. Britain and the world saying a final goodbye to Queen Elizabeth II. The state funeral. About 2,000 people in uh, the in attendance, but the streets are something like a million people, they say, are gathered in London. The funeral has wrapped up, and uh, as the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Wilby, said in his sermon, quote, few leaders receive the outpouring of love that we have seen for Elizabeth, end quote. Yeah, there... Um quite the pomp and circumstance around this entire thing. What is what is so interesting to me is just the amount of the public there that wants to be a part of this, even if it just means, even if it means waiting in line, or as they call it there, in queue. The queue. Oh, man. For, for like 24 hours, or just it being in a huge crowd of people to catch a glimpse of the motorcade. Uh, or or something like that. Like it is. It, it there's just there's nothing really like that in the United States, and maybe and and that's probably fine to be honest. But it is that is one of the most fascinating things to me is just the that sort of insatiable insatiable desire among a lot of the British people to have that in person experience with whatever whatever part of the festivities that they can throughout this yeah, whole it, thing. It, 
you begin to wonder though whether it will be changing now. I mean, she was in she was the reigning monarch for seventy years, and really no scandals for her and her husband. But you know, there've been issues with the kids or some of them, and Charles yeah. now as king. Is he going to uh, you know at some point will he? Receive the same level of uh, ad- admiration or not? It's, yes, I think this might be one of the last huge hurrahs on this type of um, this type of thing. Right, I think people want to be, especially the British people. They want to so be part of this because of where they are within their nation historically. You know, you can you can trace the succession of the British monarchy. And who was the the king and queen hundreds of years. Like, you can go back with all these royal families and and what that line of succession has been. To them, it's probably along the lines of just you are being part of of what your history is. You're doing something now that you know there was a a lying in state. And when a, a queen or a king died, this was something that happened... 100 years, 200 years, 300 years ago. It's very much being part of what your nation's history are, is. Right. And and it's not in it's not even in every generation thing we saw with how long she was she was on the throne. Right. Things will probably be different going forward. And in speaking to what Mark was talking about with now King Charles, I believe he's because of his relationship with Princess Diana, he's got a very different reputation with the country. You know, I think there, there's such a different feeling with him on the throne as there was his mother for 70 years. Yeah, and he's in his 70s. Already, so, yeah. I mean, well, you know, not I, that I wish anything bad for him, but it, you could certainly be looking at something he, like this again in a decade or, or so. He will, or not, he will not serve on the uh, as monarch for 70 years. No, and, uh, no. I think now, if he does, science has come a ways. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, the interesting thing is William is, is 40 right now. And and so he would be next, and so he'll probably have multiple decades. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully nothing goes wrong. It's certainly nothing. I think is one for of sure, the but one of the qualities of Elizabeth was that she basically brought the uh, the country out of or right after World War Two. Yeah, and and you know that she made such an impression at a very young age, and was really held to that uh, royal status. So. I, I do still wonder, like. We've got CBS News on right now. It's been around the clock on this, 100% of the day. Is the is there that much, when, when the news producers are making their decisions at these national shows, is there that much desire for nonstop coverage in the United States for this? I think the, Because I certainly don't. I, I, biggest, I don't. I certainly don't need it. I think the biggest part of this is that the, the time that you can spend on this and what, what is available, it, it is finite. Like, there's going to be an end time that this happens. It's not, well, there's another funeral next week. There, there's there's 17 funerals happening this season. Like, it's a, it's a one-time thing for someone who, 70 years. Like, this is a very unique thing that's going on right I now. Just, I don't know if around-the-clock coverage is warranted, but I know when, when they're looking at the amount of coverage, it's definitely, definitely going to lean on the side of being heavier than what we should expect. All right, moving on. Number three. Uh, Nebraska Examiner's got a phenomenal story out this morning. Cindy Gonzalez reporting. Uh, ground near Gretna, right, actually across the interstate from uh, Nebraska Crossing. So on the southeast corner of that intersection, 
uh, a new development, an uh, industrial park, about 170 acres, could have a couple of fairly big buildings. One planned is a 400,000-square-foot warehouse, and then there's another uh, plan uh, for a second building up to 300,000 square feet and up to 200 employees. So, wow. All And also, all potentially in range of uh, Dragon Lake for the lunch hour. Dragon if they want to go, go go bring a picnic lunch out to the shores of Dragon Lake. And- I'd forgotten that's what we were naming it. <laughs> you must have done that while I was gone. That's the first I've heard of that. Oh, yeah. No, maybe that was while you were gone this summer. Dra- yeah. Dragon Lake as well. Well, the Gr- Gretna's the dragons and and yep. also, Caleb and I would like to have like live animatronic dragons that pop out of it every once in a while. No, that'd be good. We Listen, got, we we got, got very get, intricate. If with we're going to make this a tourist destination and get some sales tax dollars in and and some of the economic impact, we need some gimmicks. And nothing says gimmick like animatronic dragons. Look, you're going out, going out, going to do some tubing, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, kids see this massive dragon head blowing smoke pop out of the water. Mm. They're never going to forget it. That you're never going to forget your experience in Nebraska. Our, our own uh, version of uh, Nessie. Yeah. The Loch Ness mm-hmm. Monster. Think about it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Think <laughs> about but, it. You know, uh, there was also some talk that this could have been and still could be the general area of a new prison somewhere between Lincoln and, and Omaha. I, so. I bet that doesn't happen in that area. Well, probably not now. Yeah. I, I bet not. But that industrial park significant. And, and a larger point, I know we got to move on, but. You know that that Nebraska crossing thing got built initially, I think, in the '90s, and it sort of just—I thought it was going to be a huge thing, it existed and then it for a just existed, time. and like you never went there because it felt like half the places were closed. It just—it didn't. The outlet mall boom kind of ended in in a way, and they really obviously got that thing back going again if you go there anytime now you'll see just how ridiculously busy that it is and you know i think that kind of made made something like this possible for a big industrial park to be over there as well so you gonna change the change the landscape over there number two Biden administration moving a step closer to developing a central bank digital currency known as digital dollar admin officials say it'll help reinforce the u.s role as a leader in the world financial system said this would be an advanced policy and technical work on a potential central bank digital currency. Well, what could go wrong? <laughs> Pre itch password. <laughs> All I want is a digital driver's license. Well, let's do that first. Give me a digital driver's license. Yeah, I like that idea. Why are we not? It is time to be done with cards in wallets. Yes, I agree. Which we are in a lot of cases, but there's still a few that you have to have. And I think maybe this is something they do have in some states, but and it would be more of a state issue. But let's do the let's do the digital driver's license, digital insurance cards, digit that all those stupid insurance cards that at least my insurance gives me, they're such low quality that the ink wipes out in my wallet every time. And of course the doctor's office wants to see it every time. You go in even there, it's only been three days since the last time you were in. Nothing changed. I need to see it. I don't want to have to hand my my phone over to get scanned when I'm when I'm picking up some alcohol. When they clearly flatter me by saying, I'm going to need to see an ID, and I'm like, yeah, that's right, because 19-year-old me could grow this beard. <laughs> yep. 
Right. Oh well, yeah. Well, what? imagine me. <laughs> imagine me. Nineteen-year-old could grow this great here. I uh, I get carded at uh, one particular location every time. It's a requirement for everybody. Yeah, they have to do it. I, ju- right. I just I just smile and say set so I can get the senior discount. That's, uh, <laughs> there you go. No. Good one. No, it doesn't. My happen. wife saw me on TV on Thursday when I was doing that football game. She's like, "Your beard is getting really white." It's like, thanks. <laughs> for noticing you see me in person every day why did it take a tv broadcast to do that the lighting maybe they say that the the camera adds 15 shades of white number one number two nebraska volleyball went on the road uh, kentucky 27 25 25 20 25 16 for the sweep oh well turns out it was just another one of those early season losses that Nebraska's best teams always have seemed to have when John Cook is kind of tinkering around, and then yeah. they and you start to say, "Uh oh, maybe this his team isn't what we thought it is." And then they come back, and you're like, "Oh no, they're probably fine," because right. that's a good win. That's yeah. a really good win. So Nebraska goes two and one against ranked opponents in the non-conference schedule. If you remember a year ago, as as Cook was tinkering, they lost three matches in a row. Yeah, lost three in a row yep. in the non-con. They go they're at eight and one. Two matches this weekend, Michigan State Friday, number five Ohio State at the Bob on Saturday with no football game happening that oh, day for Nebraska. Big. That's a big win, though, for that Kentucky win is a big win to come after that Stanford just for seeding purposes. Looking at the postseason. I know. I'm thinking ahead. you got to do your business in the Big Ten. But getting two in a row there would have had a little bit of more of an impact. Mm-hmm. All right, 756. That's an obvious thing to say. It's Ellen K. today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Chris Lofgren. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. But Jack, it's a bye week. How can we play Fantasy Oscars? Well, I'll tell you how. No bye weeks here, baby. No bye weeks on Fantasy Oscars. We're giving out pizza and gear every week of the football season from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. And plus, we make it a little fun for you here. There's no Husker game. I think we can all agree it's good timing for a bye week for all of us, fans, Mm -hmm. team, Mm -hmm. coaches, everyone included. But there will still be football on, so why don't we hook you up with a team to pull for? This week, in the absence of the Huskers playing, and that's what we're doing with Fantasy Huskers. This week, we're taking the AP Top 25. AP Top 25, so you might have to look that up if you don't know it off the top of your head. Uh, But we are asking you which team in the AP Top 25 scores the most points this week. That's it. And as we said earlier in the show, it might be like, oh, Jack, this is dumb. It'll be Alabama. Every day. I don't know. Look at the matchups. There, Let you guys know through, through one picker, Alabama's still out there. There, there are a. I would say half of the top twenty-five is in play. Realistic for, yes. for this one when you look at their matchups. Yes, there are some mismatches. 
so I'm excited about this. So if you want to pick a, a team for this week, first of all, you've got to get eligible to become a drafter, and you do that by sending in the keyword right now. The 810 keyword for pick number two this week is... Monday. M-O-N-D-A-Y, Monday. Text that in the Rickstown Recognition text line, 402-479-1400, and you will be entered to get that second pick. If you don't get it, we'll play again tomorrow at 635-810, Wednesday, 635-810. You get the, you get the drift on that whole thing. So there it is. We'll be cited. We'll reveal who the two teams that were picked were. It wasn't Alabama with the first pick. But it was Georgia. It was Georgia. Oh, it was, so Georgia's off the board. Georgia's off the board. The, you, I would look down a little lower in the. There's some good picks a little bit lower in the top 25 this week. There might be. Find a matchup that might be a shootout. There's rather than someone taking these, their foot off the gas. I, doing these bye week ones, they don't always go how you think they're going to go. Fair to say, Caleb. Yeah. I remember oh, a couple sure. of them last week. I think we did this exact one, and it was somebody weird. That ended up getting it. Overtimes can mess things up. Oh, gosh. I think we did this one time, and there was like a four-overtime yep. game. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, even whether you're early or late, this is fun. I wish I could play in this one. Uh, all right. Tim Roos <laughs> joins us right now. Hi, Tim. What's How up? How are you doing? I'm good. I, Mariah Carey. Gosh. We brought her, we brought her back. I love it. Popular demand. Many people love it. Not everyone we loves it. We have to it. give you a musical intro. Many yeah, no people matter who love it. Is. I, would, yeah. I, would ditch, uh, I would ditch Diamond Rio for that. So. Well, you're going to for all. football season. For, you're going to for, for the Mariah football Carey. season. You don't really get for a Mariah choice. Mariah Carey forever. So, <laughs> yes. All right, good morning. Happy Monday. Well, maybe we'll make a permanent change here for you coming out of the, out of the football <laughs> I'll season. I'll be your sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. That's a little weird, but okay. <laughs> Uh, hey, deal. hey, Tim, <laughs> we spent most of the time that you've been in here for the last, geez, most of this year spending our time talking about state politics. We've been a little bit of city politics, but Tim, I think we're on the verge of having a mayoral race take shape before our eyes here. Yeah. And yes. Since, and since it doesn't feel like any of the state general election things are even happening for some reason, uh, to me, at least, let's look ahead to the 2023 mayoral race. Suzanne Geist is in. We assume Lyrian Gaylor Baird is in. I don't, maybe I shouldn't assume that. We assume. Yeah, hey, I guess there's not been an announcement that I remember there yet. There hasn't been. No official. <laughs> I, I read one of the articles that said that uh, it's it's presumed or it's believed that she will. But Oh, she's running. Go. Not going to retire. Just, not going to retire from from mayoral her mayoral career at this point so you're probably right she'll run for re-election you're probably right and so so there you go uh just first off thoughts on thoughts and suzanne guys who i know you know and and kind of how she she's got a chance at at stacking up with mayor leary and gaylor baird given that lincoln has voted blue in city elections pretty overwhelmingly over the course of the last decade or so yeah i mean uh, an uphill, a little bit of maybe of an uphill climb for a Republican in, in some people's eyes. Senator Geist is as strong of a candidate as you can hope for on the Republican side, right? Um, not a, she's a great person, a uh, great friend. I've known Senator Geist since, since before, since she ran for the legislature, uh, was that 2015 in the 2016 election, I think. Um, have known her for a lot of years now. She's a wonderful person. She's smart. She's capable. She is as good of a candidate as we've seen on the Republican side for city politics especially running for mayor 
Since I've been in Lincoln, certainly um, she's she's got the credibility. She's uh, she's got an ability to raise money. She knows people on the state level um, and the local level and a lot of different circles. So she will be a formidable opponent, right? Um, she's uh, capable of raising money. She'll have the support. She'll have the structure. And I think she's from what I have heard and, and all of the people that I know and talk to, she has gone about making the decision to run the right way, right? This isn't something you just throw your hat in the ring. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the next mayor of Lincoln. I don't think that you you take that decision lightly. I don't think she's out there just to unseat the mayor, right? Like this is not a I want to beat the other side move. Um I think she's doing it because she thinks she can help Lincoln and, and be a good mayor mm. for the city. So I think that's that's sometimes different than what some candidates will do in terms of, you know, I, I don't like that other person. Somebody has to run against him. I'm gonna try to do that. Um, yeah, we'll be interesting to see where the messaging is relating to that specifically. Does she have to I don't know. Does she have to be more of a centrist than she was? I mean, you got the Freedom Coalition saying she already is one, but does she have to? <laughs> well, I mean, that's, there's the other wrinkle in this entire story is before she, before she even gets to announce that she wants to be the next mayor, she's attacked by Republicans. Because, right? Yeah, before it was even um, public. Like, we knew it at the time, and we were kind of saying we thought that's who it would be, but, free, but the Freedom Coalition, a, a day before that, had put out a thing with her name saying they expected her to do it. Yeah, and Maybe that's the wrinkle that 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 could make make this thing even more complicated, right? I mean, it's it's going to be hard enough, right? Uh, Mayor Larry Gaylor Baird is a very popular Democrat who who won by a lot of votes last time. Um, as you mentioned earlier, Lincoln has trended blue and may continue to. It's it's hard knowing, right? There's a lot of questions out there, right? You have the and we've talked about it multiple times. We have the Supreme Court case on the abortion issue. Does that funnel down or filter into some of the local issues this fall? Does it carry over into next spring i don't know right is this just a d versus r uh mm-hmm. thing where you're, you're you're pumping up one side or the other and, and you get people out to vote um tons of questions about what inflation does and what the biden presidency whether people respond to that and republicans turn out in the polls here's the other sort of wrinkle in the 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 40,000 foot view of a local election held in may <laughs> jack we might have voter i voter id in oh, place that would true. affect the way that election is handled, right? So maybe mail-in ballots are harder to come by or more difficult or different, which could affect Democratic turnout. Um, the legislature, after if the voters approve this, which I think they will in November, the voter ID, the legislature may act to help put some parameters around that, too. So there's a lot of questions. Are those in place by a May primary or an April primary and a May general election in the city? Um, some of those factors may affect kind of general voter turnout as to whether or not a Republican has to moderate. I think there's value in that. I mean, even if you don't moderate your message, what what you want to do is, you know, your, your pro-life stuff, your national issues stuff. You maybe want to play that to the background. And then it's a question of, Hey, do Democrats use that to get turnout? Whether or not you as mayor have any influence over those policies at all. She talked about potholes and smooth streets on the the first press conference. I that's the smartest thing she could have done, frankly. Absolutely. I think that I I, I know, I know that political culture is, uh, is, is, seems to be obsessed right now with playing to the base and playing to culture wars and all of those things, but I don't think that's the smartest thing to do. And, and I, 
I know there are going to be people. You know, it'll be interesting. Does she? Does she? Or does someone on behalf of her go with the the messaging Tim's chair just sunk to the ground? Fun stuff. Sorry, yep. no, no, we're it was hilarious. He looked like he was sitting at the kids' table. Um, does does do, does anybody go with the messaging that you know that you'll see all the time when people are critiquing Mayor uh, Leary and Gaylor Baird? You know, California, California liberal trying to turn this place into San Francisco, which I, which frankly plays really well with with some people. I don't think plays super well with a lot of people. That I mean that that's definitely what you use to the Republican base, right? Yeah. To the conservative but base. There, um, you know? uh, <laughs> Mayor Gaylor Baird has. Um, done a, done a fairly decent job of keeping things steady during a pandemic that I think a, a number of folks in this community took very seriously for a while. A lot didn't, but you do have a lot of tumultuous ups and downs and I'm sure she'll get criticized for by someone, whether it's directly from the Republican candidate or their campaign or whether it's somebody else out there. But to the idea of sort of moderating or, or backing off some of those direct attacks, it will be interesting to see when the day before, you know, Senator Geis announced her campaign, the Republic, what is it called? The Freedom Coalition. Freedom Coalition, uh, Freedom Coalition goes out and, and is critical of her. Are, are they going to run somebody against her on the right? That's what I the want. Primary? And I, I think that's kind of one of the questions, too. And then you also have the situation, Jack. There's a lot. There could be a lot of names on the ballot. Ultimately, I mean, I, the primaries here in Lincoln sometimes get people to throw their names in. Um, but the the real question is: Is there going to be somebody on the right who runs further right of Suzanne Geist? Right. And then and then does that force Senator Geist to respond um, or to to kind of play her campaign differently than she might have otherwise? But because of the way that the 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 primary and the general works in a city election, right? They're nonpartisan, right? So it just takes top two candidates. Yep. I don't think she's going to be, I don't think she's going to be unseated in, uh, in a primary election by somebody coming further from the right. I, I, I could be wrong. I think that's right, but it may put pressure on the messaging, right? To your point about not coming out and, you know, swinging at some of the, the low hanging national fruit that you could focusing on potholes or uh, I think imagine Lincoln is what the campaign website's going with, like some of that positive vision message. What you don't want to do is get another candidate to sort of pressure you into, Going further right or saying things that 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 take you off of the what you have built for your strategy heading yeah. into this campaign because it is going to be a fight, Jack. I think I think you're going to see more money spent on the mayor's race in Lincoln than you could ever imagine. Right. I think this is that's be not a, one a big heavy hitter un- uh, election. Unlike all the elections that are coming up here in what less than two months, <laughs> yeah, you're going like fe- about six. You're going to you're going to feel that one in Lincoln. Two months ahead of the of uh, the primary. Oh, and it, it, is the, it will be the only thing going on. Yeah, it will be the only thing going on. That in the city council race, it's an off off. Uh, I won't say off year, but that's not right, right? It's just out of time with how we think of elections. When when we have a primary in the spring and a, a general in the fall, this one primary in April. Two weeks later, what? Three weeks later, two or three weeks later, you're voting in May. Uh, I don't know if you heard me talking about this, but I, uh, Suzanne Geist would be my region state senator if she would win and get uh, the governor would be nominating a new state senator from that area. That's right. Southeast Lincoln. I'm not saying I'm throwing my hat in the ring if all those things happen, but I'm not saying I'm not. <laughs> senator Jack Mitchell. I'm in. I Yes. I would have to be able to do my radio show live from the legislative floor by Zoom. You'd be that, done by the, nine. They don't gavel in until oh, nine or ten. No, never before. Oh, I nine. could roll in late. 
Okay, yeah, you cool. come in a few minutes late. That's sure. fine. There's just senators that have, you know, they, they work day jobs, right? We have senators who are in court at 9 a.m. Hey, and they come, come at 10, that and sort of stuff. I'd be doing it all the time. 100% for that fat, fat salary. That's why I'd be doing it. It's all about the money. $1,000 per month. <laughs> Before tax. Wow, you could quit this job. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Tim. I appreciate it. It's uh, 825. We'll take a break. Caleb's got sports next on KLIS. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. Goodness, we're second, setting record highs. We're talking about the record high the, tomorrow, I believe it was. There, there's the potential of breaking a record high that was set in the 1800s. <laughs> we could have triple digits tomorrow. I mean... Just put the pumpkin spice away. We'll try it next year, maybe. This is just not going to be the year. And maybe put the football season away, too, while we're dealing with the fall. And we talk to Dirk Chatlin from the Omaha World Herald. Maybe that's it, Dirk. We just skip everything about fall this year and go straight into winter and Christmas decorations and basketball season and, and all of that and try this all again next year. Maybe the, maybe the universe is sending us a message with this weather. Jack, I've always wanted to know this. How many days in a Nebraska calendar year are actually where the high temperature is actually between 70 and 80 degrees? That's a great, that's a good question. It feels like about 16. (laughs) And it reduces every, because how many times do you have the conversation in, in May where you're like, oh, we're going straight to summer this year? Or the conversation in October where it's, well, we're going straight to winter this year. Well, and I I've, I feel like I've been at these pumpkin patches where it's like 88 degrees, you know, and it's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's uh, hard to get in the mood. <laughs> yes, uh, and, and as you said, spring gets spring gets a little bit less every year too. So, uh, you know, hard times. Yeah, it's hard to eat the the pumpkin dessert that you paid twenty dollars for at uh, at Vala's <laughs> when it's melting because of the searing heat of the sun. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 when the caramel apples won't actually harden. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's bad, Daddy. This is just liquid. It's dripping. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness sakes! Well, football, football. Hey, Jack. Football. I'll tell you yes. What, things are so bad in Nebraska that we are seriously wondering if Nebraska will appeal to the Kansas University coach. <laughs> And it's and it, every day that's looking like a great, maybe one of the better choices that that are out there here like, at this I point. I don't know. Well, it will will Nebraska where he worked, where he spent like half of his life. Will that actually appeal to the University of Kansas coach, or oh will he gosh. prefer to stay in Lawrence? 
Oh my gosh, uh, that's I, I, I want to get to some of, some of those conversations, but I want to ask you first. Um, you agree with you agree with me on this? I assume you can tell me if you don't. But the from four games that you've seen this year, and and compare it to last season, which win loss record was was you know obviously not at all what it, what Nebraska wanted, what fans wanted, ended up being bad. But like that team was last year's team was at in a much better place overall than this year's team. Would you say that? Is that fair to say? Or am I, or am I, or am I conveniently forgetting some of the foibles of that team? Well, it's really interesting because, um, you know, I was, like you, I, I had a lot of conversations about what was going on uh, over the weekend and yesterday specifically. And, uh, you know, I, I think you could make a pretty good argument, at least I would, that the team that you saw last year was was pretty equal to the teams that we saw at the end of the Pliny era. I think if you put those two teams on the field together, and even the start of the Riley era, right? Like so, basically take 2013 to 2016, uh, put those teams on a field against last year's team, mm-hmm. and I think it's you know I think it's a 50-50 game. Uh, now, doesn't mean they were great, but certainly means that they were that they were uh, respectable. And and I think that, you know, the metrics would, would back that up. Nebraska was a top 25, top 30 team in most metrics last year. Uh, how it goes from that to this is, is really pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, it's, it's painfully, uh, it's, it's painfully, you know, depressing, but the best players on this team, Jack, are are basically new players. Um, right. You right. know, they're guys, the the offensive guys, the skill guys who weren't here last year. Yeah, that, uh, those are the, the best players. Yeah, the defense has completely fallen apart. The offensive line is non-existent. Uh, it's just it's just amazing how little depth and player development was occurring behind the scenes. You know, with this roster uh, over the last nine months and, and arguably over the last five years, but. Uh, just just to have it laid bare like this uh, is is just so humiliating, uh, not just for the program, but I think for its fan base too. Yeah, that's. I mean, I get it. You lost. You lost Doman. You lost Jurgens. You lost Austin Allen. You know, you, you can. You lost Cam Taylor, Britt, Deontay Williams. You lost a lot of guys, but but you also sort of reshaped reshaped the coaching staff you really put a lot of attention supposedly into sort of thinking through the process who was doing what getting the right people in there like and look i know it got scott frost fired i realize that and so who knows exactly how whatever he was doing or not doing or or anything how much that factored into this whole thing but it's still I, all of those things said, it's still unthinkable to go from whatever we call last year to where this is this year at this point. Yeah, I mean, and again, let me be clear. Like, I I knew that there was a potential for a disaster. I mean, when you bring in this many new people uh, and you're just throwing mercenaries and, and hoping hoping they come together, uh, you know, there's a potential that it's going to completely fall apart. And I knew that Nebraska lost, you know, of its 10 best players last year, I knew they lost seven or eight of them. Um, you know, there was, there was a lot of talent to, to try to, uh, you know, reproduce, but, but again, like where is the depth in the program? Like where is the, 
where's the substance in the program? Like, what were people doing at practice and in the weight room and in meetings over the last four years? Like, if you take Casey Thompson, you know, off this team and you take, you know, the the new running backs and Trey Palmer, like, what is left? Like, there's nothing. Jeez. I mean, it's... That's scary. That's scary. I don't want to be too, like, just too negative about it, but I just... I just can't figure out how it got this bad. And I realize again, there's there's intangible things that happen. Um, you know, players tend to, um, you know, when, when leadership isn't good, when there's when there's questions about stability, and you know, uh, who's who's going to be around next year, and all these things can fall apart. I get that, but uh, especially on defense, uh, especially on on both lines, I, I'm just amazed at how far it's fallen in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's man. And, and then, and now like, I don't know. So you, you obviously, you, you got rid of the head coach. You made the change uh, five minutes of that game. You're like, Oh, Hey, that was the problem. And then, and then you're like, wait, turns out that didn't fix everything immediately, which I still don't know. How the first five minutes of that game happened the way that they did. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, that was really, uh, that was really jarring. Wasn't it? Like I was, I was in a really interesting place during all that. So I'm, I'm down there on the sideline, on the east sideline, uh, and I'm standing right next to Liner, Quinn, uh, you know, Bush and, and Urban Meyer and yeah. their, sort of their Fox production crew. I read your article on this, yeah. And, and, at, and at one point, the Fox, one of the Fox guys, uh, not one of the, the on-air talents, but, but one of their production guys, uh, looks at the, at the host, uh, I can't remember the host name, but uh, he, he says, he says, the crowd is like this and they suck. <laughs> uh, in other words, like, you know, imagine what they would be if, if this team was really good. Uh, and it was just like a, it, it was like a pot that, that was, that was getting ready to, that was getting ready to boil over. And then Nebraska goes down and they score and, and Urban Meyer, you know, looks at Matt Leinert and says, wow, wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was a real sense among those guys that something special was going to happen in front of their eyes. Like it was just one of those things, right? Like you walk into a certain environment and you're like, uh, okay, this is, uh, you know, we're going to see something memorable today. I mean, it, it seriously, Jack, I realize we're over, we're probably overreacting, but it seriously felt like Nebraska might win the game by like 28 points. I mean, it's just—it's stupid to say, right? Absolutely stupid to say. That's how it felt, though. Like, how does that even? How did that happen? Like, after seeing the rest of the game, like, I question how in the heck that happened because legit everything. And 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 frankly, they had they had Oklahoma in a third and long when they got that long rushing touchdown by the quarterback. And even after that, they still got another three. It wasn't a three and out. I think it was a two. They got one first down and still punted on the next drive after that. Yeah, and we're so stupid that we'll probably, you know, go back three months from now and ask ourselves what would have happened if they got a third down stop. I've asked it. Touchdown. I've asked myself it already. <laughs> or what if they called the terrible block in the back on on the uh, Gabriel long run? You got to question that. That's the real issue about this weekend. Nobody's could've talking the, about. Could have been the turning point of the whole era. Could have, uh, you know, Mickey Joseph might have been the head coach in three months if not for that. Hey, let, uh, but oh, go ahead, go ahead. Finish that thought. No, I just, I just. Uh, it's as it's, it's bad as it is. It, it was uh, it was surprisingly really exciting there for about ten minutes. If I give you the choice of the following qualities in the next head coach, 
which one do you think should be most important? Um, established success at a Power 5 school, okay? Which, by the way, it's still the route Nebraska's never gone with one of their head coach hires, <laughs> which is interesting to me. We say, we say, well, Nebraska's gone every single road. That's the one that they haven't gone down. Not that it's easy to go down that road, but that's the one that you can't compare to Callahan, Riley, Frost, or Pelini. Established uh, success at a Power 5 school, right? Number one. The ability to rebuild a program that's got a kind of a situation where it's a bit in shambles right now. Number three, experience slash success in the Big Ten. Which of those is most important to you? Or is there something else that I'm not not bringing up that you would consider the most important metric? And, and I know they all factor in and you don't know anything for sure. But which of those which of those sort of general things do you think is most important? Well, first of all, I think a couple of those overlap a little bit, right? So like like Power 5 success and Big 10 experience, hopefully those overlap. Um, uh, you know, So I, you I want think, Brett Bielema is what you're saying. Got it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm just saying that I think I think Nebraska is going to be in the mood for uh you know, this this stuff obviously swings like a pendulum each time we do this, right? Not only in terms of personality, but also in terms of strengths and weaknesses. It's like you look for what the last guy didn't have. Right, right. But I think Nebraska is going to be, and I think Trev Alberts is going to be in, in serious mood for a program builder. Uh, someone who has done it in multiple different places as a head coach, someone with experience, uh, you know, sort of the Tim Miles model, right? Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I realized half of our audience just cringed. Uh, Not but, me. But, <laughs> but there was, a, you know, seriously, like there's, I think it's probably time for a guy, uh, now, now preferably somebody who's also done it at the Power 5 level. You know, Miles had done it at the Power 5 level, and I think that was his undoing. He had a hard time working with high-end talent. Um Ideally, you find someone who has that experience, too. Uh, Bielema, Leipold, uh, you know, guys who have done it in hard places, uh, guys who have been consistent winners. Uh, what do you mean by, you pro- know, real quick, Dirk, what do you mean by program builder? Like, define, do you mean like what I was saying? Like, a, a, a well, pro- come in with the programs in bad shape and, and yeah, have, turn have it around? Head, yeah, have you been a head coach in four or five different places? Have you won in each of those places? Have they been hard jobs? Um, have you taken places that were in really bad shape and turned them around? Uh, you know, a lot of guys, you could argue that Frost did that in two years at Central Florida. Uh, so it's not like it's a, it's not like all these different candidates, candidates fit into completely separate categories and they don't overlap. Of course mm-hmm. they do. But I think it's, it's probably time for a, uh, old school vanilla football coach, you know, that, that is perhaps not as flashy, uh, but, but really has proven his worth and, and maybe done it the hard way. I think that's what the fan base is going to be in the mood for. Um, does that mean that you don't chase an Urban Meyer if he's available or a Sean Payton or a, you know. Oh, Sean Payton. Well, that's a name I hadn't heard. Jeez. I mean, I mean, okay, let's just get crazy, right? Let's let's say it goes real bad for the Cincinnati Bengals this year, uh, which after the last two weeks, is by the way plausible, uh, and let's say Zach Taylor's on the market. Does that mean you don't take Zach Taylor? No, of course, right? Like if Zach Taylor's on the market, you go chase Zach Taylor. But my point is, generally speaking, 
I think you go after someone uh, again, like the like the Leipold model, who has just sort of proven it over and over and over at places that are that are pretty hard to win. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. Other. What do you think, Jack? What do you? I mean, I, I know you're talking about this a lot. What do you think? I uh, first of all, I the I don't know. I'm torn. Uh, I'm torn because I came into it, Dirk, and, and it's crazy. I think you and I talked about this during the. Um, I think we actually talked about this when Frost first got hired, and we were like, what are they ever going to do if they have to? If this doesn't work? They've tried everything. And I said over and over again, they still, like I just said to you now, they still haven't had a Power 5 coach who has had proven success. Now, wait at, a second. At, uh, go, go ahead. Who has it? Who, am I missing what, somebody? What was, what was Mike Riley? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> over what? 500. Are you being serious? Well, that was like his thing, right? Like that, he was. That, that was not pro- a proven. I mean, championship level success, right? He, it was. He was a five hundred coach. Uh, I mean, that, people talked about that constantly. A, you want to check? Let's. It would be interesting to go back and check the career records of Brett Bielema versus. That uh, would you know? I can do that, Mike Riley. Yeah. Which, by the way, Mike Riley almost has the same career record as Pat Fitzgerald. If we're going to start to go down that road, but um, in, in the conference, uh, here you go. He is thirty-seven and nineteen at Wisconsin, uh, or uh, sixty-eight and twenty-four at Wisconsin, twenty-nine and thirty-four at Arkansas, uh, seven and eight at Illinois. That makes him one hundred four and sixty-six. I think he's got the edge, and I don't think it's close. Okay, but he also was at Wisconsin, which is clearly an easier job than Oregon State. All right, we need to. We the, the hey, good news. Back, I, yeah, the, Mike Riley might be available. I'm stop it. Man. You stop. All right. The good news is we have like three months to continue this discussion. And we, we will basically do this. Hey, how about this? Every Monday, I will bring you a different candidate. That and sounds... We can talk about it for 30 seconds or five minutes. I'm, I will bring you a I'm down. candidate every Monday. I'm down. We'll do that. We'll do that, Dirk. Okay. Hey, have a good one. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you Take later. Care. Dirk Chatlin, Omaha World Herald. Six, or excuse me, 856 in the West Coast on KLIA. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, what were our uh, fantasy Oscars picks, Caleb? So Julie goes with Georgia, who gets Kent State. Ooh, that's, Coach, a, that's a good first pick. Coach A says NC State. Who plays? Is that UConn? Connecticut. UConn, Connecticut, yeah. yeah. Uh, Michigan just put a lot up on UConn. I like so that, both of those. There, but there's more good ones out there, and that's why you have to listen. Especially at 635 and 810 to get those keywords and pick a new team for this weekend. Just for a weekend. You can flirt for a weekend. You've got to pass. <laughs> it's 9 o'clock. We'll see you tomorrow. It's 9 o'clock. KLI and Lincoln.